Thank you for checking out Convergence. Today you are listening to part two of a conversation I had with my good friend, hip-hop artist, Jonathan Vila. If you missed part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Check out our website at convergenceva.com. There you will find featured artists and their artwork, as well as past and present podcasts. You can also find Convergence Podcasts on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Convergence Podcast for the wanderer, cynic, and half-empty. Every morning when I get up, got these impure thoughts in my mind that won't let up. I'm always last in line, man, I'm fed up. Contemplating, I'm passing the time, so I just give up, yeah. Instead of medicating my pain, I gotta change. I know it's devastating, but I can't stay the same. So I'm regulating a way to rearrange my brain by meditating every single day. Cause anxiety got the best of me. It's depriving me from my ecstasy. Peek inside of me, and I'll bet to see insecurities of a broken soul. Hoping to get a minute of freedom and gain control. Knowing we have a limit of being made a whole. So as if in the moment, I'm praying bestowed with the strength and courage to just let go of my fears and my tears. Throw the thoughts in the wayside of my peers. No time to waste time when I'm in line. This time I'll break it through on the inside. Cause I'm done living with the feeling of being lost. I've begun healing by kneeling at the foot of the cross. You be done villain by willing to put a ceiling up. Cause I'ma break the ceiling. No yelling, my dreams are coming up. Man, so many years stuck in the same place. Man, too many tears to grace my face. Running at the same pace in this pain race. Trying to negate the embrace of the self-hate. Hoping to vacate depression from my cavity. While my soul debates acceptance for depravity. It's a travesty. But I guess it had to be crying at work every single night. Listening to gravity. Man, I was praying so hard for the door to open, trapped behind these bars, nowhere to put my hoping, creating all these scars and soaking in the poison ocean of potion, hoping to receive the notion that I've been set free. But that day never came, it left me Still strained in my chains, I kept pleading For the releasing of my being, a season I wasn't seeing The reason for being seized in But then I seen then, the whole time I had the key in Within my inner being Waiting for the perfect moment for you intervening Now that I know I own it, it ain't never leaving It ain't never breathing, cause I never letting it go Man, I'm through with you ever getting control And even if you manage to grab a hold You can kill my body, can't kill my soul The idea with covet of misery is I'm going to go there with those negative feelings and emotions that I was feeling and sometimes still feel. Actually, a lot of times I still feel. I still struggle with a lot of negative emotions. I'm going to go there, but I'm going to bring you past that. I'm not just going to stay there. Yeah, I'm not just going to leave you there. I'm going to help you get past that. And that's... That's that's exact. When you say that, that, I think that's where we connect. That's the same, like... I don't want like we have to go there. Yeah, we may stay there for a little bit, but at the end of the day, if if we're what our why needs, to, I don't want to say needs to be, but what our I feel like we're on the same wavelength. Definitely, is we want to take the person out of there. Like yeah. even though we're not necessarily like I like I said, I still feel like I'm in the tunnel, but I see the light. Yeah, I want to point towards a direction of whether it's positivity or or, or hope. Leave hope yeah. there. That's right. That's absolutely mm-hmm. right. And, you know, I do address my faith in the music. Um, and I, st- I still have times where I struggle with my faith. Yeah. Or um, I'm sure I'm almost positive. We all have these unanswerable questions, you know, these questions that just kind of stick with you and drive you crazy. Um, 
so I do address some of those mm-hmm. in some of my music and you know that's the point also of this podcast or you know anything else that convergence does is it's the same thing it's you know bring bringing people to that pain and recognizing that it's there and then helping them get the heck out of there and encouraging people to go to counseling because it is I agree 110% it is super important to go to counseling and we're going to have podcasts in the future probably about about that about counseling Mm -hmm. and how hard it is because it's really hard to go through counseling and there's kind of within counseling there's season different seasons within counseling you know like sometimes you feel like you're going crazy you know (laughs) and sometimes you're like you're almost I guess bored in a way you know it's like yeah there's been been days where I'm like have anything to say yeah like I really need it yeah I'm really enjoying it I really don't want to do it yeah why am I doing it I feel good right now yeah there's been many times yeah it's it's been a still you're all over the place yeah you're up and down and even I don't know if you experience this personally but finding the right counselor is really can be really you know, discouraging un- and hard for no, people. I was about to say unfortunately, but this is not unfortunately. Fortunately, um, I never had to go through that. Um, That's good. That's really good. I mean, immediately I, I, I did counseling with Rick. Yeah. And he 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 was like, one thing like uh, um you know I've been to you know good amount of churches and different pastors and not to say anything bad about them but Rick, he's a pastor yeah, of the church we yeah. go to. Uh, pastor of a mosaic church in Lynchburg. Um, But uh, one thing I can say about him is he is someone he's out of any pastor I've ever met. He is someone who's been the most available, the most approachable, the most down to earth, and probably the most, um, what's the word? uh, Qualified in my eyes. Definitely. I agree. As far as, sitting down with someone and counseling you. And then even if you get to a point where he feels like, okay, this is out of my area of expertise, he will point you to someone who can help you further yep. along, which is what he did with me. Yep. And he, he, and just to kind of give him a little bit of his, uh, what people like to say, his flowers while he's here. You know, people say he's give flowers to the dead, but it's good to give flowers to people while they're still alive. Sure. Um, not that he's dying, but, um, <laughs> But uh, he helped. He's helped me so much. Like I did counseling with him for, you know, I want to say from like 2014, 2015 to like 2018, 2019. It was you know it was a good amount of years, and we were yeah. doing it for every week, and then we did it every two weeks, and then it was about every month. And but like he helped me in so many ways as far as you know, just stuff I was going through. Um, my parents were going through a divorce, and kind of just kind of he was like walking me to help me walk through my my mother on how to go about that process and stuff and like helping her cope with that and just like he's helped me with my marriage he's he's the reason why i went to full cell university wow really yeah if it if i never counseled with him i would have never went i wouldn't i didn't even know about school even though i lived in florida all my life right um he helped direct that um and then you know he from him counseling with him um you know he, he did a great job and like he's someone like you know, even though I'm, I'm planning to move to Florida, uh, he's someone I would still stay connected with. Sure. Like, regardless if I get another pastor into the church, like he's someone I would still 
call up, hey, let's have breakfast. Like, yeah, you know, no matter what. So, like, to me, he'll always be my pastor or a mentor of mine. Um, but from him, I did counseling with Cindy Chamberlain of um, mm-hmm. Winhurst Counseling okay. Center. And she was great. Like, I mean, I still do counseling with her. I go about once a month now. Sure. Um, but, like, I've she's heard been nothing but good things. Yeah, she's been one. so helpful. And she's so, she, she's qualified. Yeah. She's a Christian, but she's so down to earth. She's not, it's not about like, you know, trying to push God on you to break through. You know, she, it's yeah. it's just so real and down to earth, and she's been so helpful. And I've been seeing her for, it's been, a, I want to say maybe two years now. I mean, I lose track of time, maybe two years. I don't know, maybe a little longer, but she's sure. really helped me in so many ways. So, yeah, uh, I, I've never, fortunately, I've never went through like needing to find a counselor and stuff. Yeah. Thank God I haven't gone through that, but yeah. I've been two for two, <laughs> like <laughs> shooting a hundred percent, you know, with Rick and then Cindy. That's really, so. that's good. And I, th- I do have think, you, have you had to like jump from counselor to counselor? Yeah, I have. And I, I, I think some people probably do experience, um, both ends of, of that. Um, uh, for me, I did, I'll, I'll also, um, put Rick on blast. He, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gone to counseling in the first place. So the first Sunday we, my wife and I went to Mosaic. And how long, what year was this? 2000, I think it was 16. Okay. Because we were going to another church in Lunchburg before that. So about four years ago. Um, maybe five now. He sh- it was the, f- the first Sunday we ever went, and he, sh- he was openly reading his journal. And this journal... Um, he had been going through counseling himself um, for oh, some That's like a perfect Sunday to come for yeah. the first time. <laughs> it blew me away. I mean, it didn't it didn't steer us away from the church at all. It, it was like I've never heard anyone say anything like that before. And you know, it's it hit a it hit me in inside. And um, pretty soon after that, I said, "Hey, Rick." Um, I know I introduced myself and then I said I would really like to sit down and talk with you and he said yeah sure let's do it and we sat down and we talked and um, he discovered pretty quickly that I needed more professional counseling mm-hmm. um, it was a little more than what he was qualified for but he he was adamant about helping me find a counselor that's good. Um, See, what, what, just stop right there real quick. One thing I appreciate, that's what I was talking about with Rick, yeah. is in the past I've seen and experienced as well where pastors won't do that. No. They'll just try to, like, work. Well, maybe I can still help them. I think it's awesome that Rick, as he did with me and he did with you, knew, okay, this is outside of my area. Let me f- help you and point yeah. you towards the right direction because that's so important. Definitely, because you could have easily kept trying to and could have made yep. things worse. Yeah, it pro- honestly, it probably would have, because in the past I've been through like a it's kind of like a family counseling, and it was awful. It was so awful. It left such a bad taste in my mouth. I hated counseling. I wanted nothing to do with counseling. Yeah, um, but he really helped me, encouraged me to actually go to counseling and so he not only did he help me find a counselor but my wife and I were not doing well financially um we were just barely barely paying our bills 
And so the church actually offered to help pay for my counseling. Oh, that's awesome. So we, we paid part of it, and the church paid part of it. And if they didn't do that, we wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been able to go to counseling either. Oh, yeah, I hear you. And so my first counselor that I went to was a bust. He wasn't a bad counselor. He just wasn't the right counselor. He what, what did you – what in the counseling session made you feel like, all right, this is not it? Well, he – I don't know how to explain this. He was – the first few sessions were okay. It was just kind of assessing where I was and kind of emotionally and mentally. Um, but I always had this this kind of wall. It was kind of how I visualized it in my mind. I had this wall, and past this wall, there were these memories. I didn't know what they were, but I knew that I needed to address them. And I kept telling him, this is and I knew this is where I need to go. I need to go there. And he was just kind of avoiding that and kind of like, oh, That's you know. I don't know how to explain it because I don't want to make him sound like a bad counselor, but it, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was maybe felt intimidated by that or I don't know what the reasoning was. But so eventually, like a red flag, basically. yeah, eventually I had to stop. I had just had to say, you know what, this this isn't working out. I'm really sorry. I tried to see Cindy, but she was book solid. Oh yeah, solid. she gets crazy book, man. Yeah, like, I go on the website now, like for a while, because I was going on a certain time and I booked so many days. But yeah. now I like, I just pick a certain day and look for it and then book it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is like it. From what I've heard, it is a lot like that. Yeah, she's she's so good. Um, so my wife was a case manager for a behavioral health center at the time. And she was talking around with some of her coworkers and they suggested this other counselor, his name is Michael Trexler. And he's specifically um, trauma informed. So he's, he's, that's his, his deal. So um, I went and saw him and it was instant. That was the guy. And he, I saw him for two years and he not only helped me unpack what was behind that figurative wall, mm-hmm. but uh, he helped me to understand why I am the way that I am. And ba- basically what I'm saying is how the traumas of my past affected me. And it helps me to understand, okay, this is why I am the way that I am. Because... Maybe not everybody, but for me personally, all that stuff happened, but it was like, it was affecting me, but it, I was disattached from it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, kind of like, so basically you're saying like, um, all that trauma, like you soon after counseling learned, like, this is why I immediately think this way when this happens, or I yeah. immediately want to do this, or yep. I feel this way because of this specific situation that happened yeah. back then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um. So he, he helped me overcome a lot of that stuff. And, um, That's awesome. Eventually, it got to the point where I was seeing – I was seeing him, like, twice a week because I was, like – I was not in a <laughs> – I was not in a good place. Um, and unpacking trauma can really put you in a not-so-good place sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I needed that um, extra counseling. And then um, eventually it worked its way down to once a month. 
and then eventually he moved away. Oh, that stinks. Um, yeah, it really does, because unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I do need to go back to counseling again. <laughs> like, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a two, two-wave thing, but because um, there's, I guess, if we're going to talk about counseling just slightly for a minute, yeah. um, it, it, for me, and I'm sure for others, it hits in waves. So you un- it's like you unpack one part, and then you feel fine. And then the next wave kind of hits you, and then you unpack that, and then you feel fine. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this wave hit quite a bit afterwards. I mean, I stopped seeing him in 2000, early 2019, I think. So it took a while for this one to hit, but um, there's definitely some more things that I need to to unpack and kind of work through but and i will definitely be talking about some of that stuff in future podcasts um so did you ever um with the uh, you guy the guy you were meeting with before did you ever try maybe like doing like session a session like via skype we talked about doing that um and he's slightly open to i think there was some I think everything is different now because of the virus, mm-hmm. but I think this was pre-virus, and I think at the time there were some, I don't remember, but there were reasons that he was a little more hesitant doing it that way. I think there was maybe some, uh, I, don't wanna, I don't think it's laws, but there were certain practices i don't know how to explain it there was certain guidelines i guess is a better way to put it certain guidelines that prevented some of that Mm -hmm. or made it a little weird um, with me meeting a cindy um because of the covid we've met via skype uh, or whatever the it's not skype it's some zoom or whatever they use Mm -hmm. we um we've done a lot of like we just did a session my wife and i did a session with her uh this week the week prior Okay. <clears throat> at home, and it kind of helped too, cause like I did it on my lunch break from oh, work. Oh, really? It was like an hour for lunch, so it was like yeah. I set it up exactly like at two p.m. So we just called in and talked with her, and mm. and then also I haven't asked her this. I, like now that you bring that up, I hope this doesn't change anything. But um, since I'm gonna be moving to Florida, I still want to continue counseling her. So yeah, I I would assume there wouldn't be any issues since we've already kind of been doing it. Yeah, you know through you know like skype and stuff but Definitely. it's something i still want to continue with her and because it is like you said it, it you know there's like you said it comes in waves there there's some there's times where you're may need to be going every week you know i had a friend who was doing counseling three times a week at yeah point, and then he got to like one week and then you know and that's how it was for me you know one week and then you know every two weeks in like about a month and and you know sometimes you need to see the person more often sometimes it's it's good to like even if you feel like you have nothing to say, it's good to have it kind of like set up continuously. Definitely. Maybe every couple of months, you know, but to kind of just check in. Because yep. as you said, there could be some stuff that you're not too sure of or you're struggling with, and it just helps. And, it, and it's good to like, at least from my personal um, experience, it was great to kind of continue to keep the same counselor because you know, the hardest part, as you know, because before I was, um, when I was only doing counseling with Rick, when he was like, hey, I have this person meet, I was not looking forward to it. Right. Because I'm like, oh, man, then you I got to like, the, yeah. re, I don't know this person, one. 
Yeah. Don't know if it's going to work out too. And then the other part that really was like kind of sitting on me is I was like, I got to re like explain everything. Oh yeah. Reintroduce all this stuff. Yeah. It's like that part I was not looking forward to. Like had to talk about all this stuff yeah. and cash them up to speed. That's and, right. It's like felt like you're starting over. Yeah. And hope that they accept what you're saying and see you for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like through that lens and through yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, dude. That same same year. That's that's the primary reason why I'm struggling with taking the step of going back again. But I I didn't really think about the um, with COVID now that things could be different and I might be able to go back and see him again. So I might actually look into that and see if that's Yeah, I would definitely encourage you to do that because that would be great if you could hook up yeah. with him because then kind of left off where you guys started yeah, and stuff. And definitely. That would be really helpful. But I think, too, also, I don't want to use that as an excuse. Yeah. Because counseling is important. And if I if I do have to go through – re-explaining then okay i'm gonna do that and maybe he could send i'm sure he has a patient file or something like that you know that he could send over but can't use that stuff as an excuse not to go um and two like you said it is important to go even if you don't have anything to say because i think part of my I, i think if i look at myself part of my struggle is if i don't if I'm kind of like, ah, I don't really want to go, eventually you get into the routine of not going, and then you get kind of, I don't know if it, the right word would be apathetic, but you just get kind of, I'll just say lazy. You know, I get kind of lazy and just kind of like, oh, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine. I think maybe that could be part of the reason why this next wave that hit hit later is if I was going to counseling, I would have saw it sooner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But now it's all piled up, and I'm like, you know, so now, now I'm gonna have to yeah. probably go to counseling once a week again <laughs> to get it, get it back down. But yeah, man. Good yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, when you were um, struggling with music or in mm-hmm. dark points in your music, did you ever feel like people weren't supporting you in your music? Did you ever feel like stress with in your marriage with music and what you were doing yeah definitely um i feel like it was and maybe you've experienced this as well i think many times i i mean i'll speak for myself many times you can like not focus on the people who are supporting you because yeah. um, there's definitely people who are like man i I think you're talented. I think you're great. I can't wait for your project to come. You know, I mean, there's, there's yeah. people who, who want to support, you know. Definitely. But, you know, a lot of times you either take them for granted or, you know, their voice is just not as loud as the negative sure. voices or negative thoughts or feelings. Um, uh, but it, there has been at times where I feel like I wasn't supported enough or – but to, to your second part of that question – it did affect my marriage when you said when you said like music i know you were talking about one point saying like music became like an idol yeah um it definitely was like that for me uh because my wife got to a point where she was annoyed like because yeah, it was dude. it was music everything it was just like because <clears throat> me taking that um I, when we were helping show at his house we talked a little bit about this but uh we haven't talked about it in the podcast yet but when i uh for those of you who don't know i took a break um, um, 
back in February or March. It was crazy. It was like I took a break right when COVID happened, which was <laughs> planning. Um, but yeah. like we, I was working on Shua's album, um, which is available on all platforms, Into the Wilderness, <laughs> <laughs> Shua Moore. Uh, he does like a Christian rock folk type worship music, I guess. I don't know how you explain it. But Into the Wilderness. Very but, talented, dude. Yes, very, very talented, talented. Very good. Um, but anyways, uh, I was we recorded all of his album at my house in my studio in my spare bedroom. You did a couple of things in it too, didn't you? Um, I played the congas in it and that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you did a, a spoken, like a spoken work. Not his thing. album though. No. Oh, we've okay. done, we've done music together oh. um, where he's, he's been on my album, but like singing and stuff, but I haven't never done anything besides uh, playing the congas in one of his songs. Okay. Um, but we record, you know, we recorded uh, drums, uh, acoustic guitar, vocals. Um, and I think that was, Yeah. And like backup vocals uh, from uh, his wife and a friend came and recorded. So we recorded that all at my house, and and then <clears throat> he had uh, some people outsourced, did some bass, laid some bass down, electric guitar. Sure. Oh, and then we had Marisa came over and played piano for oh, one of the okay. songs, and that was really cool. Um, but uh, so you know, we, I put in so much work. We recorded all you know, album took for a long time, you know, recording all the different sessions, and then you know sent the music out for other people to participate in as far as giving us tracks so i just started mixing it so i can't remember when i feel like we started mixing around september and it took us a good while because in the process of you know recording the music he would come up with a different idea so we would record something and then you know we're waiting for people to get sent all the tracks back so i was like mixing little by little and so i ended up finishing it um i think we started recording like in june and everything got done by maybe like February, <clears throat> and then he released his album March. So put all this time, like, you know, and I'm you know perfectionist, so, yeah. so I was like really trying to make this the best album it could be. And, and when I listen to it now, I'm really proud of it. Like, yeah. uh, and we're both you know he, we're both proud of it and the quality of it and just everything and the fact that we recorded it in my spare bedroom. You know, most of the tracks, of course, but it it came out you know it came out great, man. And I'm really proud of that project. But um. So I put all this work in, and so comes February, March. Uh, back to what I was saying, like making. Oh, sorry, that. Back to what I was saying, where we were making music in Idol. You know, my wife was frustrated because it was just music, 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 and and what sucked is at that time um, we would be at the mall, or we would go out to eat, or we're walking, you know, apple picking with the family, and. Every single day, whether I wanted to or not, music was on my mind in every moment. Yeah, dude. It was all I thought about. And what was even worse is even when I'd be spending time with my daughter, um, I would have – and this is crazy. Now that we're talking about this, I, it's like a lot of times you can see, you know, God do things and you don't realize what he's already done until you start thinking about it like right now. Um, I forgot that music was always in my mind because it has been on my mind now. <laughs> but yeah. um, so it's a good deliverance from that. But, uh, you know, I remember there'd be times where, you know, my daughter was like maybe, you know, four or five, six months, my oldest. Uh, I'd be spending time with her. And then I would have these thoughts of you're wasting time. You need to be working on music. Yeah. When yeah. I'm spending time with my daughter, yeah. it's like, yeah. and in that moment, it's like you realize this is not a good 
thought this is not a good way to be living because it's like my my daughter is a priority. Music is secondary. All right. You know, That's it's right. not a primary. And the fact that I'm feeling guilty, like I need to be like never at any point in my life am I going to look back and be like, man, I wish I spent more time doing music instead of right. spending time with my daughter. So yeah. And so it was always on my mind. And so like and it was crazy because like uh, it was on my mind so much. And this is kind of like what we talked about when we were at the house um, uh, working. Yeah. It was to the point where even though music was on my mind so much, it was, you know, that love-hate relationship, it's like I it's like I didn't want nothing to do with music cuz it's like it was just kind of like a reminder of just frustration. Yeah. But yet it was always in my mind. So it's like I had this feeling of, "Oh, you should be working on music," but then I didn't want to. Yeah. You know, it was like just a weird mixed yeah, bag is. of feelings and so I remember I had a bunch. It was crazy. Like, I felt like God was orchestrating something. Because I had, I had, like, six conversations with different people kind of saying the same thing. Some people I hadn't spoke to in a very long time and haven't spoke to since. Yeah. And then I had a conversation with Rick, um, la- who was, like, the last person I spoke to. And he kind of confirmed everything that everyone was saying. But I was telling him, like, how I was feeling about music, you know? And... And I talked with Shua about this. I talked with my friend Jason. I talked with a good friend Ruben. Um, and it was like... Wouldn't be Ruben John, would it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that, dude. Yeah, he's awesome. He is so We were awesome. supposed to, like, Skype, and we never did it. Just mixed schedules. We had to set it up. Ruben, if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but no, but... Uh, so I, I met with... Long story short, I ended up meeting with Rick. And... I was explaining to him, like, like, man, I have, I have this, like, music's always in my mind, but like, I just don't want nothing to do with it. It's, it's like, I, I had this passion for it, but it's like, I just don't feel like, like, I, the want to is not there. Like, yeah. I don't want to do. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do anything, honestly. Like, if you ask me, what do you want to do, then I don't want to do anything right now. Yeah. And Rick just plain told me, he's like, in my experience, twenty five years or thirty years, I can't remember what he said. What you're experiencing is you're burnt out. He's like, you're completely burnt. And and when he said that, I immediately didn't agree. Right. Because I was thinking like, because I have this mindset, perfectionist, I I had this mindset of never doing enough. Right. So when he said I'm burnt out, I'm like, burnt out. I was like, you know, my last project I released was, or my last music I released was like eight months ago. And it was just one song, a music video. and And, but as he like said that, I started to think, okay, how would I be burnt out? And I thought, well, and I had talked with Shua just, I think, um, I can't remember if I had talked to Shua right before this or after this, but like, I realized, well, I have been working on Shua's album for like a year and we, we recorded everything in the house and I was mixing it. You know, I did a hundred percent of the mixing and mastering, which I was more than happy to. And it was a lot of work, especially right. cause you know, when you're doing music with a full band, yeah, you know, that's you a got lot. drum tracks, guitar yeah. tracks, acoustic tracks, you know, piano, bass, vocals, a lot going on there. Yeah. And it's all live instruments, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I was, you know, much different than me recording me on like a rap, you know, song and stuff. And so it was a lot of work. And so, like, I put so much time. So I realized, like, I'm thinking I'm not doing enough, but like, I may have not been doing my music, but I was working on music in general. So I was starting to be like, yeah, well, I was doing a lot and I am kind of exhausted. And, mentally 
you know, yeah. mentally I was fried. And so when he started to say like, man, you're, you're burnt out. And he told me like, you need a break. And I thought maybe like a month. He's like, no, that's too short. Like you need a long break. <laughs> right. I was like, what do you mean? Like three months? So I thought, well, maybe, you know, I was like, well, I'm supposed to record Shua's next album in September. This is like in March, I think. This is like right before COVID happened, I believe. So maybe mm. like February or March. And actually, you know what I have right here. And, um, but what was interesting is after kind of talking with Rick, we started like going like in these different metaphors and stuff. And he basically explained to me, this was April, it was actually April 20th. So I guess right when COVID was getting bad. But he basically explained to me like, you need a reboot. Cause I also explained to him like everything we talked about my relationship with God, how I felt like for so many years and I feel like music and God let, let me down, blah, blah. Everything we've already talked about in the previous, uh, like this previous episode. Yeah. Um, and he broke it down like this. He's like, it's like a laptop or a computer. When the computer starts running slow, constantly freezing up, you have all these, you need to reboot it. You need to shut it off. And then he said, a lot of, and it's pretty powerful, but he's like, you need to reboot. You need to shut it off and restart it. And a lot of those programs you were using, you're not going to use them again. And then this thing he said was so powerful. He's like, what you're doing by restarting is you're taking everything to God. You're taking your gift to the altar, and he's going to burn it. And whatever he doesn't burn, you're going to keep. Wow. And so hearing that, it's like you're taking your because music, like kind of like you said, like I should stop, but it's kind of scared to stop, or yeah. or even going back to it. I want to start, but I'm kind of scared, you know, yeah. to bring up those past stuff. And and so the fact that I'm like putting music on that altar, I'm like, what if he burns the music too? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Rick's like, I don't think that will happen. He's like, I think the Lord, you know, you're very talented, Lord, you know, bridges gift, blah blah blah. But he's like, you're putting everything on the altar, and so. And so I did just that because he's like, you know, you're rebooting. And and so immediately that was kind of like my, you know, since March, I put, uh, I just, and I had, you know, I had all these white, I have like three whiteboards in my studio of different ideas, goals and stuff. That's one thing I was doing. I had like a big goal board, but it was like my goals no longer became goals. They just became a reminder of what I was not doing. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to do this, but it's like, wow, Jonathan, a year's almost passed now, and you've done nothing here. Yeah. So it was just, a, it was like I kept looking at the mirror, telling myself you're a failure. And so, Rick's like, you need to go. He's like, take a screenshot, like take a picture of all your your goals on your whiteboards. Erase after you do that, erase everything. He's like, you need to, you don't want a reminder of you not doing something. And he's like, and just write one thing. So I wrote, I literally just wrote reboot starting over with God. That's all I wrote. And basically it was a, a call from my pastor to not do anything with music, not touch music. The idea was like, well, well, well I will at least not do it till September because me and Shua were going to record an album, but some stuff, things got in the way and we weren't able to record in September. So I stepped away com- completely and didn't touch uh, music and even past September and it was, and for those of you, when we were talking about earlier in the previous episode of like, you know, being in that dark tunnel, what was hard about this whole reboot, starting over with God is, you know, I wanted to get in scripture more and, 
but I feel like nothing was happening because when September came, um, I was like, I I don't I feel the same. It's kind of like a cricket moment almost. Like, <laughs> here's like a, you know, what yeah, I mean? it's <laughs> like, just like nothing happens. Yeah, and but what I did notice, I think I say nothing happened, but something did happen. Is there's two things I learned. One from April-ish to September. That's about what? May, June, July, August. About five months. What I did learn is it got to, I can't remember how long it took, maybe a couple months, but it did get to a point where there was moments where I realized, oh, I didn't even think about music today. When before it was all I thought about every day. Yeah. To the point where I was like exhausted of the thoughts. And what was even better is there's many moments where we're going out, my wife and I, with the family, and there wasn't this thought of, of like, oh, man, I should be doing music right now. Initially, there was, but immediately I was like, get out of here. Like, right. pushing the thought back. I'm not, I'm not entertaining that. And I got to a point where I wasn't thinking about it, and it was a good feeling. Like, oh, wow, I don't have that burden on me. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and then the other thing I learned, and this was the part that was kind of sucked, because immediately when you think, all right, reboot starting over with god you think okay i put music away now after you know four or five months you know i'm gonna get on fire for god and blah 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 then music will come back no not that didn't happen september came i still kind of felt the same way besides you know the music thought of music wasn't always on my mind Mm -hmm. and i was frustrated i was journaling about this and then i realized even though I felt like nothing would happen, I was like, well, this is maybe this is what the reboot looks like. Mm-hmm. It takes time, and maybe this is just how it starts off. Like, it feels like nothing is happening. And and I, I say all that, um, you know, because you initially asked, like, did I have music get in the way of, like, marriage? And, mm-hmm. and, and it definitely did at that time, and now it's not. Um, but when September came and we didn't end up recording, I was kind of like, all right, now what? And I did say in the midst of that time meeting with Rick that um, I was like, well, maybe, it'll, maybe it won't be until January. You know, I, don't, I was like, I don't know. But I did put everything on the altar. I did allow God to burn it. And one of the things that I was trying to focus at the time was my mental, my physical, and my spiritual health. And so what I slowly but surely um, started trying to read a chapter of a Proverbs a day or every other day or every two days, you know. And I was journaling much more often than I used to. And also I started, you know, one of the biggest things, that I, you know, wanting to be physically healthy and exercising me healthly. And that's always been a battle. You know, I didn't, back in like 2015, 2016, I got in the best shape of my life. And then, you know, life happens. Yeah. And so something I was always trying to get back to and, but putting music away for a while, I was able to really get focused and exercise and eat healthy. And so now I've been like about 90% of the time eating healthy. Today I didn't have to cook out today. But <laughs> um, it's cookout though. Like cheat day. So. Cheat day. That's Come all I was saying. But I've been exercising <laughs> for this will be my fifth week where I've exercised five to six days a week. And, and I, I understand. And, and my counselor, Cindy, was really like pushing this on me. Like, it's not going to take weeks. It's going to take months. 
as far as me getting in shape and losing weight and getting to the weight that I want to be. And so when I met with my counselor um, a couple weeks ago, she was like, because, you know, she knows the, you know, music side of stuff. I had it on pause. And she told me that she was like this, this, because I was explaining to her that there's been so many times in the past where me wanting to like get in shape, you know, I'll maybe exercise for like two to three weeks and then something always happens to throw me out for a loop. Right. Maybe family comes into town for like a week and then I didn't exercise that week. And then by the time I leave, I fall off the wagon or I was running after work on um, campus at the university I work for after I would clock out and before I go home, I'd run on campus for like two or three miles and I was doing that, but then COVID happened. So then went working from home. So then I wasn't doing that. It was like something always happened after like the second or third week to throw me off. Right. And so something like this open, almost happened again. Cause I've been working out for five weeks now. And, but I just kept reminding myself, like, you got to push through it. Like, don't allow anything to stray away. Like you keep pushing. You may. And I remember thinking like, I created this mindset of, 90% of the time, you're going to not feel like working out or exercising, and you're going to hate it. But it's not about that. It's about the result. Like, what do you want from that, the result? So even if it sucks 90% of the time, you're going to go through it because the result is what you're going for. And so as I was telling my counselor that, she was saying, that's such a great mindset because she's like, if you continue to do this, then you can eventually apply that same thinking with your music. If you can conquer yeah. this area and continue to push forward, then you'll know, hey, look, it took time yeah. and effort. And even when I didn't want to do it and I eventually got there, you can get there with your music. And so it's something like I'm really focusing on that. And then as far as music um, is concerned, I, uh, I just started a little bit playing around with music. Um, cool. Uh, just this past week, I there's this, uh, long story short, there's like this uh, YouTube channel of, um, you know, I'll send it to you so you can check it out. Okay. Uh, it was this guy, it was an awesome video. It was basically, or a series of videos. But the first video was titled, I think, uh, Six Steps to Reaching Your Peak Enjoyment in Music and Making Music Again. Huh. And it was basically like this guy just sharing these you know six steps of because it's it's all it's a it's a youtube series or series of videos about people for people who have lost that desire for music or it just wasn't fun anymore it became work all right and so one of the first steps is um doing uh he's called it the 10 minute beat challenge he's like create a song and you only have 10 minutes and he's like the whole purpose of it and he's like and i want you to record yourself doing it like huh. videotape yourself the whole thing yeah and you got 10 minutes and the whole purpose is it's not enough time to create a song but i want to remove the perfectionist in you the thought of oh man you know getting stuck on one instrument for three hours <laughs> he's like you don't have time you have to create the best you can and the whole purpose of it is to just get those creative juices flowing and to have fun with it Sure. Like, just have fun. Like, don't get stuck in anything. You got 10 minutes. It's going to suck. Like, the <laughs> song's not going to be great. Just do it. Yeah. And I watched this video like three months ago. Yeah. But it was hard for me to even get there because immediately all the excuses lined up. When I thought of, well, maybe I should do what that video said. I was like, oh. It's like, what? I got to get my laptop. I got to get my keyboard. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, and then the cord in the back of the keyboard keeps going in and out. So it's like, might not going to work that well. And then it's 10 minutes. 
it's going to suck and I'm probably going to get frustrated. Like I created all these reasons of not doing mm. it before I even tried, which yeah. I do so much in life, especially with music. And so I was talking to a friend about it and, and uh, this past week and he was like, yo, just do it. Like uh, we were driving to see a movie and he's like, yo, just try, man, just go for it. He's like, I guarantee this is what really encouraged me. Is that I guarantee you that what you can do in 10 minutes is a lot better than what most people can do in, like, hours. Like, he's like, you're gifted, you're talented. He's like, even if something is not that great, you can make it great. Like, just go for it. So I ended up doing it, and um, I did get a little frustrated in the beginning because <laughs> I was, like, trying – you know, you have, you have – I you know, I've learned less is more. Right. And I was trying to do too much at first, you know, and, you know, you only got 10 minutes. But what was awesome about it is, like, it was fun, and then – I ended up retackling it again and that did like another 15 more minutes to the song just to make it a little bit better. So then I, and I sent the song to a couple of friends. I sent the 10 minute version and the 30 minute version. Mm. And you know, it's, it's, you know, not great, but I was like, this is kind of cool. It's different. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, what was cool about that is like the first time I touched music since like February and it's like, I'm in a weird place right now. And, and my friend Jason, the one who told me to, about my why. Yeah on why I'm, I'm doing music like figure out what your why is i was telling him this is already after i did the music the 10 minute beat challenge i was like yeah man i don't i don't know when i'm gonna get back to music i'm not sure and he's like to be honest it sounds like you've already you've already gotten back to music and when he said that i was like hmm <laughs> maybe he's right yeah because part of me is like scared like is it too soon i don't want to fall back into the same patterns i don't want right. to get to a place where i feel like i'm not doing enough and it's like little by little, I'm kind of getting there. It's like little baby steps. I had fun doing that, you know? And I couldn't say that, you know, yeah, six months, eight months ago, or a year ago. And, you know, I, I would just be judgmental. Like, how's oh, this going to sound good? Are people going to like it? You know, and, and if people don't like it, it's like going back to my why. Yeah. Like reminding myself of, you know, like, of course, my why is I want to, you know, all the things we said, you know, me trying to reach out to people, use it as an outlet, but also as a way to to showcase my insecurities and struggles and help people who those who, you know, are have trouble opening up and stuff. But I also want to have fun doing it. I want to enjoy it. And so just doing that little, you know, beat challenge, I, you know, I had fun doing it. And so I'm still kind of like with music at this moment, kind of like tipping my toe in the water. <laughs> like, right. All right. This is okay. This feels kind of nice. I don't know if I want to jump in. Maybe I'll just stay on the little, you know, second step and get my ankles wet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling more hopeful, and that's why I said, you know, from the very beginning, feeling seeing that light in the tunnel, um, and you know, all that being tied to just trying to almost like if i'm trying to rediscover god like one thing i did um you know i had an esv bible mm -hmm. and you know i was reading through it and, and, and this is like you have those those traditions that are man-made that you almost put at the same level as you know bi mm -hmm. you know biblical principles I, uh, you know, growing up, it was always like King James is the real version of the Bible. And if you're not reading King James, you're not reading the Bible and all that stuff. And I was surprised, actually, when you said that. Oh, really? Yeah. I have you like, never oh. heard of that before? I have heard of oh, it, okay. yeah. I just didn't – I've never heard of somebody um, 
adhering to that in our generation, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. Say. Like you um, hear it a lot in like um, our parents' generation. Yeah, and, you know and but it's still kind of trickled down where I was like, I got you know right here what I have today is a New Living Translation, which mm-hmm. is just to me it just not, I don't want to say watered down version because that sounds kind of bad, but it's just real simplified and very understandable to read. All right. Um, but uh, reading that and then I would read my ESV, kind of go back and forth and. In that in the moment, I was like, you know what? Let me break from tradition. I was like, I'm gonna put my ESV Bible away. I put it away, and I was like, you know, because people would always say, New Living Translation or the NIV. They have 15,000 scriptures that have been omitted from it, and so basically, it's like it's a watered down version of the Bible. It's not all the scriptures. They take them out, but all the stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put this ESV away. I'm gonna read through this one. And I'm sure God can reach me through this version. That's right. Yeah. Like, I don't need to read the the best version. And I was like, and I understand it. This is easier. So why not do it the easier way? Why am yeah. I trying to? I'm not I have nothing to prove. Why do I have? Why am I tied to this thought of I need to read this version? Like, sure. let me read the simplified version. Like, who cares what anybody thinks? Who cares what I've been told or brought up with? Like, I'm gonna stick to this. So it's like it's it's almost like I'm rediscovering or trying to rediscover God and for myself and. And and just and, and and that's the thing I was getting at as far as like the reboot. Like at first I was like frustrated, like nothing's happened, but I was like, Well maybe this is what the reboot is. Yeah. Like it may feel like nothing's happening, but it's baby steps. Like what'd you think? It was gonna be a couple months and then boom, you're you know, freaking Paul the apostle now? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no, it it's gonna take time and so and one of the the things is maybe that was one of the first steps, you know journaling um trying that little 10 minute beat challenge you know having music no longer be in my mind 24 7 to the point where it's affecting my everyday life spending time with my kids and my wife yeah and then you know putting the esv bible away figuring out what my why is now creating music you know for 30 minutes and enjoying it and then now reading you know and you know reading out of the new living translation it's like it's little things here and there that i'm noticing and so it's like I'm trying my best to to hold on to that. And there's still things that like, you know, little tiny things that I can. One thing I always struggle with, and I want to ask you this, if you ever had this struggle, but one of the biggest things that always hit me hard is if there's like a local artist, hip-hop artist, who's kind of doing the same thing I'm doing, and if I see them get any level of success or something, unfortunately – and not, you know, I don't want to do this, but, like, immediately I get, like, I don't know if it's jealousy or envy, uh, <laughs> but it eats at me. Yeah. Where it, it's it's almost like when I see that happen, it's almost like someone's holding a mirror to me and saying, what are you doing? Yeah. Look what they're doing. They just released two albums in the past two years. You've released one song in the past two years. Yeah. What is your excuse? Yeah. And, like, you're not going to make it's like all these negative thoughts and reinforces it. And it was to the point where one of the things I did too, is I got off social media. I don't know, probably like for more than a year, I wasn't on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook and stuff. And I'm on, I, I deleted the apps. I, I ended up re-uploading the app for Instagram a little bit for certain reasons, but like the past for this past couple of weeks, but it was like, that was something that would eat at me. Like, and it would frustrate me. I was like, man, why can I, why can't I, be glad for them or enjoy yeah. that they're getting success but it it 
it's what it would do is it would remind me of what I'm not doing, and that's what hurt. Yeah. But one thing that I'm trying to do now after is going back to my why. Is your why that you want to be better than that person and you want to get like yeah. as if there's not enough room for everyone to eat at the table? There's only one plate and one chair? Yeah. Like it's, it's this thought, horrible thought process. So it's like when I get to that point of wanting to, you know, be like oh no why why did they get that why didn't i get it it's like no go back to your why go back to, what is your why what is your why your why is you want to write music to reach the people yeah. to showcase your insecurities to help them um walk through it bring them down to where the the, the hurt and the pain lies but then bring hope yep. like bring them down to the valley but bring them out and it's like remind yourself of what your why your why is not recognition your why is not acceptance your why is not um, wanting to be better than this person or getting yeah. accolades, you're, you know what your why is. And so that's something I struggle with. But um, to ask you a question, have, I mean, from, you were nodding your head, so I yeah. assume, but like, <laughs> is that something that has really bothered you in many ways, just seeing other people who are, because it, it, it doesn't, it's like it doesn't, aff- when it's like someone who's at a really higher level, it doesn't, I notice it doesn't affect me because I'm like, oh, I want to get where they're at. But yeah. when it's someone who's like right there or just a yeah. little bit above you or a little lower, or, yeah, you kind of see as a peer, when yeah. they get a level of success, it hurts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I. that definitely is something that, that will eat at me. Um, and I, I don't, I don't like it. It's kind of, it's embarrassing a little yeah. bit and a little like it's like childish yeah but it's true yeah it's this is the reality true. yeah it's definitely true and what about it for you what about it that eats at you like for me it was a reminder of what i'm not doing what is that same for you or is it a little different i think it's a it is that is a reason definitely um or like why did they get the chance and I didn't mm-hmm. too? Yep, I thought that same or, thing. Or this one is hard to admit. This is probably the hard, yeah, this is hard to admit, but they're not, either A, they're not, I I really hate saying this, <laughs> but either A, they're not as talented. Mm-hmm. I hate, I really hate saying that. Or, and this is stupid. This I don't mind saying this. This is just a stupid thought. But like, <laughs> their life—they're not selling their life to this like I would. And that, yeah, that I know exactly. You know what I'm ex- saying? Yo, that is exactly <laughs> like I know. Like it is kind of you know. There's some people where you think like, man, their music's not that great, and my music's better, or yeah. I can do better. You think that? Yeah. And then also. You're like, but they don't even take it as serious as yeah. I do. They don't want it as bad as I do. But then yeah. it's like, but if they, but if I wanted it better, then why am I here and they're there? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's so hard. I know when yeah. you said that, that's exactly how I feel. Like, it's a reminder, but also it's like, they're not as talented as me. They're not yeah. As... <sighs> that's yeah. hard to face for some reason. It is. It really is. And you feel... Yeah, like you, I think childish was a really good word to use because it, it definitely is. And, you know, we should – the one thing, too, that really gets me when I think that is we should be supporting 
yeah other artists exactly you know because that's what the music scene is all about you know what i mean like if it was just the andrew show or the jonathan show you know you know what i'm saying like but yeah dude those those are definitely um things that bother me um i had to going through that i had to like because of that I guess that would be envy, right? I guess envy. Yeah, it's definitely envious. Um, I would unfollow people on Facebook because I didn't want to feel that way. Like I don't want yeah. one. I don't want it to be a remind feeling a reminder of like, oh man, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> and two, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to be hating on people. Definitely. Like, there's definitely room. Like, it's just think about this. Like, if. It's like for some reason we think that people are going to pick sides. Like, yeah. oh, man, like, I need to do better because, like, you know, it's not like we're running for office. Like, man, either they're going to pick me or they're going to pick Andrew. Like, right. I can't let Andrew get ahead of me. It's like, no, like, yeah. if we both create great music, yeah, people are going to buy both or going to listen to both. They're not going to be like, oh, I'll listen to that guy. I'm not going to listen to that guy. Like, right. People can enjoy both. Like, That's they right. don't have to have an option. And then – Back, back to what is our why do you ever this is something i've struggled with do you ever feel insecure or worry like okay your wife's listening to a certain artist and you start feeling really insecure because either you feel like they're better than you or your wife is receiving their music maybe it more highly than yours does that make sense do you ever like fear like is oh, this man. like someone like a straight professional at a high level or someone local or someone who's got the same level as you or either or local not even the same genre even just she there's this one i guess i'm talking from personal experience there's this artist a local artist who my wife really likes and he is a great musician he is really good i but um she really received he released an album. She really received that album highly, and it's a really personal album for her. And I guess for me, and it's it's stupid. There's no real you know it's funny base for it. If you're thinking of the same person I'm thinking of, it's possible. It's definitely a possibility. Well, we won't say the name. <laughs> I don't know if you're thinking of the same. <laughs> have they performed here they before? Have. Yeah. They have, yeah. I almost want to write it down and be like, I know. <laughs> I have to write it down. <laughs> I don't, you might, maybe we are talking about it, but I, because if we are, I am at the same exact feeling or close to it. Yeah. Let me just see. We'll see. I bet it is. I'm just guessing that it is. Yep. <laughs> Let me keep going. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's exactly who it is. You know what's funny? That's so crazy. And he's really, 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 very really good. good. Like super good. Um, my wife, I don't think she's ever listened to that person. But I went on that person's spot. That's this is so funny. That's, I know. After we're just seeing, like, man, we're in the same place. Like, and we're <laughs> we're getting like jealous of the same person. Yeah. Too. Oh, Lord, help us. Um, this is good, though. Yeah, this it is, is good. good. It um, is good. One thing I, like, I, same boat. 
Um, and it's funny because when you said he's in a different genre, that's when I was like, he's talking <laughs> about that person. That's so funny. I like how everyone knows everything you do. Oh, God. Oh, that's so great. Um, man, and sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I saw that person post something and I checked their Spotify account. Like I, always, I, was, I, mean, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I always think it's cool to kind of like that Spotify kind of tells you how many uh, monthly listeners you have. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to theirs, and then I remember they made a comment. It was like 100,000 listeners or something. Wow. I was like, oh, wow. Like, there's a lot of people listening to him. And it's like, but there is that battle right. of getting – and I can I mean, I mean, can only understand, like, understand a portion of you're saying your wife's listening to him and getting receiving something because it's like it's good. Yeah, But there is this – like going back to – it reminds me of what I'm not doing. Yeah. Or it did remind me of what I'm not doing. And, and those same feelings, just because I found out my why or took a you know eight-month break from music, doesn't mean those same thoughts or feelings don't come my way. Yeah. But now it's like, now I have the tool to remind myself of my why. I think, uh, God, I, I've written that down and I can go back to it. But then also going to the Lord and my, one of the things my friend said and this is something I've really struggled with is uh, my um, lack of belief in prayer and he told me like before mm. we got the phone he's like hey one thing I want to I want to tell you man I'm a big proponent for prayer he's like I've never seen anybody get through break never I've never seen anybody have breakthroughs without prayer you need to start praying like hardcore and him saying that like I said I was always like you know, as of late, just like, eh, you know, I've had that mindset of I can pray, but at the end of the day, God's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. So what's I'm the point of me that. throwing that prayer up? Like Definitely. he's going to do what he wants to do anyways. And so that's something I've struggled with. But, but yeah, man, exact same feeling yeah. of. Especially that's that. hilarious. It's the same exact guy. That's, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. He's not in either of our genre of music. No. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so. When you said that, yeah, I was like, I think I know who he's talking about because <laughs> I'm thinking of the same thing. That's crazy. Oh, but man, you got it worse with your wife listening to them and getting. Yeah, I've honestly though, I think I've come to terms with it. Well, what immediately bothered you about it? Like, what was that first like trigger of like, ooh? Well, for me, music has not been a how do I put this it's been a hot topic in our marriage for a long time it's actually gotten a lot better in the past probably two years three years Um, but it was not a a very good topic for um, the first part of our marriage and mostly because I I'm not going to, I don't want to go too far into like the backstory of it, but for some crazy, crazy reason that I still do not understand to this day, my wife, when we got married, had no idea I was a musician. I don't know how, but she didn't know. And so we're loading up our Jeep um, to go on our honeymoon and I'm, we're limited on space. We have everything we own at this camp that we were at. We had all of our stuff. So we had uh, we had limited space. So I'm 
bringing my guitar to put in the in the jeep and she's like why are you bringing your guitar she just thought i was like it was a hobby you know like oh like oh kinda... he got the guitar to yeah. play around and, and hang on the shelf yeah <clears throat> so she was confused like why are you bringing your t- guitar and that's where it all started um and it just kind of went downhill very quickly from there and we've since recovered but um because music was such a all-consuming thing for me um, when I was single you know like I said mentioned before I would do the you know eat sleep work play music cycle yeah and when I got married that was like throwing a stick of dynamite in this little cabin that I'd built for myself and blowing it to smithereens because suddenly for the first time I'm having to have incorporate somebody else in my life and in my routine and you know music you know I couldn't just on my off day play guitar for eight hours straight which I would actually do that believe it or not um I couldn't do that anymore it was you know I needed to spend time with my wife and and then when you have kids it's a whole nother level oh that was (laughs) yeah that was a whole whole nother thing but for the longest time, I was super protective of my music, the music that I wrote, my guitar playing, all of it. I kept it super close, and I didn't let, I didn't want to play in front of her. I was really afraid, actually, to play in front of her because what, dro- what drove the fear the most was I was afraid if I shared my music with her and she didn't like it or didn't think I was a very good musician that immediately it would be like this toss to the side thing like oh Andrew's not very good so I'm not really going to take him seriously on that and Mm. really ultimately the fear just created more problems and really it only in a way in a strange way it only reinforced that in a in a sense because she never knew how good or bad I was at music, so she didn't, in one sense, didn't know how seriously to take it. And two, she didn't trust me because I didn't trust her with the music, so music was like almost a curse word in our house. Mm. You know, because it was like, well, you know, Andrew's got his little music, and it's kind of his own little secret kind of thing, and so it caused a lot of tension. And so eventually I started sharing the music with her and playing in front of her a little bit but and then this artist rolls around with the cd and she really <laughs> likes it and you know she's not she's not a metalhead um so she when she listens to metal it gives her anxiety so um <laughs> so <laughs> but i also do i do also write um it's kind of like post-rock music so it's easy listening, you know, like mm-hmm. real clean guitars, a lot of tons of reverb. Um, and she really likes the music, but it didn't connect with her like this artist CD connected with her. Mm-hmm. And so at first I was really like, Ugh. It kind of feels like, even though she's not even saying this, but it's like if your wife says, oh, man, I really love this guy's music, you feel like they're saying and I hate your music. Yeah, like, exactly. I love this mu- guy's music, and I don't love yours. Yeah, it's it feels like, like you're being rejected. Yeah, definitely. And putting like, yeah, that, that's the best way to put. It. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that was hard. That was really hard, and I struggled with it for a while. I've come to terms with it though. 
you know, I, and I think God used that moment to teach me something. And what he taught me in that is that, for one, people are going to be, gra- they're going to gravitate towards certain artists, and they might not gravitate towards you, and that's okay. And two, and this kind of, he's, he's taught me this, continually teaching me this, that it, do, it does matter how good of a musician I am, but it also doesn't matter at all. Because if God's asking me to do something, then I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, I don't have to feel like I'm the best musician in the world, which I'm not. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to put myself in a position where I'm like, I better be the best one around or I'm in trouble or I'm inferior or I'm not good enough or, you know, you can kind of spiral down this this path. I had once heard, um, I can't remember his name. It was like some famous um, speaker or something back in the day. I wish I remember his name. But there was a hip-hop artist I listened to time who like would put his like speeches and his songs and stuff and he once said something like find what you love to do and like like not necessarily like find a way to make money doing it but like find a way to like make it a living yeah and he's like and even if you think it's not something people like like there's gonna be a lot of people like you who are gonna like similar things or have been through similar stuff so you know, regardless of what genre of music you're doing, there's going to be other people who like the same genre and people who are going to fall in love with not just love with your music, but in love with you, yeah. of who you are. Um, like I heard this one artist, uh, rapper named Logic, he would say, like, oh, yeah. Nowadays, like, people don't buy the music, they buy the brand. And he was based on my, like, you know, so many people. He's like, oh, so many, a majority of my fans will be like, yeah, yeah, I like your music, but I really like you. Like, yeah. I like your music's great and all, but man, I love what you stand for. I, I love um, just just who you are or how open you are and stuff. And like, that's the biggest thing. Like, people are going to fall in love. They're going to like your music, but they're going to fall in love with you. And then falling in love with you is going to make them want to support your music even more and buy into, into what you bring. And then. Like again, like we've what I've been going back to is just as long as we keep going back to what our why is. Definitely. Like that's just gonna make things, you know, take it to another level. But I like that you said brand. I like mm-hmm. that that you said that. That's that's super cool because I feel like when I'm getting into a band, that's actually what I feel like I'm doing. You know, it's kind of like I'm getting into this brand and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that, and I f- I feel like that's for me. That's kind of how I'm structuring the band that I'm in is it's kind of like a brand you know there's you know a band symbol there's a band name there's what the band name means there's the music and Mm -hmm. the genre and all that kind of stuff yeah but I'm I'm all about that kind of thing anyway I I love that's probably one of the things I'm most (laughs) funny enough I'm most excited about with with music and being in a band is branding it and it becoming like your thing and you know what i mean i don't know what it is about it like the tangible 
evidence of all that hard work and oh yeah like I I, that's something that i want to you know lord willing i can be able to do is like with you know different projects i want to release in the future and stuff like you know creating merchandise with that and creating like a i don't know maybe you call it a movement and something like you know what lecrae and reach records did when they created like the 116 click and like mm. you know romans 116 being unashamed and like that brand of like you know yeah. that's the merchandise they sell that's what they stood for their motto definitely you know and then even got like it was kind of cool like you know all their artists and label would get the 116 click tattoo that's you know, awesome 116 yeah. fans would get it like it's like you created this movement created yeah. this, this band or this brand and this culture and that's that's something i want to do and like I not mean, that it's like i gotta find a thing to get people to to buy in but it's no. like it's like you want to create that that movement yeah and brand to get people to like really push for you because then you know i remember when i was in school you know because one of the biggest things with music is you really want to you know of course you know we have our whys but you want to be successful and and you you know the whole purpose of it like for me to me what success means when it comes to music is doing it full-time yep same here so whatever that dollar amount is like yeah. you know I, I would hope to get paid more than i get paid for my job now because we're like living paycheck to paycheck yeah. but like if i can live if i being successful is to be able to do it full-time where i can support my family and not have to live paycheck to paycheck and be able to save money and stuff yeah like that's my idea of being successful and and i remember in school they're talking about like uh there's a bunch of articles we would have to read for certain classes and it was um there's a few where i can't remember like the, the whole gist of it but basically it was like get instead of getting like you know millions of fans thousands of fans like just creating what they called um uh, what was the word like super fans yeah uh-huh. it was like 100 super fans where like not only are they buying your album or your song or whatever, but they're, you know, buying the T-shirt and the hat and yep. going to the, con- like, following you, like, supporting you and word of mouth, like. Yeah, they're being like a megaphone. Yeah, like they're a super and fan. And, yeah. and not, you know, and I don't say this to be like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to buy, get you guys to buy into my pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it, like, it's like you want to create that that movement that following and there yeah. is people that will definitely rock with you who definitely will be like oh man i love what this guy stands for i love what he's doing and i love his like his motto or his brand and you know his music's great but i i, I love him more like sure. just his idea because that's what made me fall into love with the rapper logic like i before i heard his music i the first time i ever seen him like on youtube i kept getting like these recommendations from him he like did this like freestyle and mm-hmm. sway in the morning and I kept thinking, like, who's this guy? It keeps getting recommended to me. I'm not going to watch that. And then one day I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I was like, okay. Kind of rap's pretty cool. And then I listened to, like, his. he kind of told a little bit of his story. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I really rocking with this guy. I love his, like, message and what he's about and stuff. And then from there I bought an album. And then I started following him on social media. And then I watched, you know, a bunch of his music video. And then I was, like, listening to a lot of his music. And, and it's like his message is what brought me over to him. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just what he's about and stuff. And one thing I did enjoy about him a lot is a few of his music videos and stuff I was watching. And this was back in like 20, 2017, 2018. 
is one thing I enjoyed was like, oh man, this guy, he's having fun with yeah. music. That's what made me like him. Was like, he's enjoying it, and I, that's what I that's what I want music to be for me as well. Like, not just a why, but I want to have fun. Like, yeah. I want to enjoy the process because right now I'm not enjoying it, and that that's what really brought me to him. And and you know, same with us. Like, you know, if we continue to to allow the Lord to guide us and stick to our whys and and put out music, like we can create that, you know. That not, not I don't want to say following, but uh, a band of people who yeah. are like, man, I, I rock what you're saying, and I want to support you. That's the biggest thing. Definitely, and it, the cool thing, it's admirable. It can be like it can. It can be one of those things that goes one of two ways. It's you know either really good or really bad. You know, it can <laughs> be like you know, kind of almost narcissistic in a way. Or it can be more like, hey, if I'm creating this, this, and it's hard to say without sounding narcissistic. That's yeah. the funny thing about it. But I'm creating this brand and this 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 thing to bring people in. And you know, I know for me, like being brought into that, you almost feel like you're in this community in a way, in a strange, weird way. Like you might not know anybody else. And you know who listens to this particular band, but you don't feel I don't know it's weird, you almost don't feel as alone, I guess I don't yeah. know when like you go to like say go to a concert and everybody else is screaming the lyrics with you, and it's just like that is freaking cool, yeah, you feel you know what I mean, song. yeah, but, uh, do you wanna, you know, thank you for allowing me to come on podcast yeah dude. it has been freaking awesome, yeah, it's fun. Yeah.